Alrighty, folks. Well, welcome. This episode's about the album Kiss Alive. And uh, it was released in September of 1975, featuring Peter Criscola, Paul Freely, Stanley Eisen, and Kyam Witz. That's Peter Chris, Ace Freely, Paul Stanley, and Gene Simmons. This was the band's first live album, or really, was it? And that's what we're going to talk about today. It was a breakthrough landmark recording for this band. It was originally a two LP set, and it featured live versions from their first three studio albums. The albums were entitled Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, and Dressed to Kill. And this was recorded in Detroit, Michigan, Cleveland, Ohio, Wildwood, New Jersey, and Davenport, Iowa, May, June, and July of 1975. And the album was produced by Mr. Eddie Kramer, and it was released on the Casablanca record label. Now, it produced the live single of the big hit they had called Rock and Roll All Night. And that was released in October of 1975. Now, Kiss's first three studio releases truly never captured the energy of the band live. Now, if you've been a fan, um, like I had growing up, um, their live shows are what they're all about. Kiss uh, was all about. And uh, it was the label's idea to produce the live recordings to help showcase the band and also help their struggling record label. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the album live was recorded at four different stops on the Dress to Kill tour. Kobo Arena in Detroit, the Cleveland Music Hall, the RKO um, Orpheum sorry, in Iowa, and the Wildwood, New Jersey Convention Center. And the recording included 16 live versions of the songs from the band's first uh, three records. And uh, those songs were Deuce, Strutter, Got to Choose, Hotter Than Hell, Firehouse, Nothing to Lose, Come On and Love Me, Parasite, She, Watching You, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, Rock Bottom, Cold Gin, Rock and Roll All Night, and Let Me Go Rock and Roll. The live performances featured elaborate setups, including pyrotechnics, a rising drum kit, and even more. But sadly, the band's energy on stage did not translate well to the live recordings. There were many miscues, wrong chords played, mic stands knocked over, and also not singing directly into the mics. Now, producer Eddie Kramer knew that significant dubbing was needed to make the album sound good. And for years, there were rumors that this album substantially was reworked in the studio. The band had denied it many times up until 2003. In a statement made by Gene Simmons, he said most people assumed that this was all a live album, but it wasn't. The band recorded parts of the album at Electric Lady Studios in August of 75. Since the recordings weren't that, that good live uh, to be reproduced for the album, they had to do a lot. And believe it or not, folks, if you're a fan of the band, this album, when you listen to it, you can't tell the difference of it being live or not. But 
Only the drum parts that Peter Chris recorded live remained untouched from all the live recordings. Even the audience was doctored by producer Eddie Kramer. He spliced together the band's best cheers and screams from the various Kiss performances. This was considered to be the best solution. Now, the album peaked at number nine on the Billboard 200, and it just uh, was a, an amazing um, effort for them uh, at first, but obviously it had to make uh, some changes. But the album wound up going gold in the United States and Canada. My two favorite tracks uh, will always be the song 100,000 Years and Black Diamond. Um, they both pretty much highlighted the drums and a, and a pretty cool drum solo for Peter Chris back in uh, 1975. Now, even after the album's re-recording controversy, it still sounds amazing. And honestly, again, if you never knew the truth about it, you would swear that this album was truly alive. Well, this episode's a little short, folks. Um, I just uh, wanted to take the time to, to, to make a few comments about what's going on right now in the world and um, some of the issues that we're dealing with. I personally am really, really struggling uh, emotionally and with some health issues during this time. And um, I, I just need to move forward with some stuff. I'm going to be doing some more of the shows here, um, trying to get in touch with some folks to do the live stuff, as I mentioned. Um, I'm also going to attempt to get out there and start playing uh, music again live. So if you're in Nashville, I hope you could come out and support us. And um, one thing that I realized um, over the last few weeks, I've been listening to a lot of shows and I, you know, I have serious radio and all that. And I really dig the, the Beatles channel. And, um, you know, it's funny when we talk about Kiss, Kiss's concept was amazing. These four guys, again, Kyam Witz, Gene Simmons. Did you know that was his real name? You know, and Stanley Eisen, Paul Stanley. They're geniuses. They're, they're just geniuses. And, and getting back to the album in between all this, I do have a point with where I'm going is, you know, they obviously uh, were influenced by the Beatles, too. I mean, the four guys, uh, all amazingly talented. I mean, I'm not even trying to compare them to the Beatles. But it just goes back to the, the, the remedy of and the thought of using the Beatles as a guide, you know, um, for everything we do musically. It's just amazing. Well, for me, I can't speak for everybody, but uh, just amazing. And that Beatles uh, channel, they have these great shows called the Beatles Forum. And um, there was a few comments made on there the other day that really stuck with me made me really open my eyes again to some things. I was always uh, an advocate of not doing cover tunes ever since I moved to Nashville because Nashville just seems to be a little more original. You know, this is where the songwriter rules and, and, and you know. But I listened to um, Little Steven, um, guitarist for Bruce Springsteen, and he has his own show on um, Sirius 2. And uh, they were talking about cover tunes. And, you know, the, I didn't realize that the first three to four albums, the Beatles did covers on every one of those albums of the influences that influenced them. You know, it wasn't until the fifth album they recorded that they really got away from it. But 
little Stevie said that we need to keep playing these songs, even if we cover them ourselves or we're in a cover band out there. It's because it'll keep the, the music alive. It'll bring that music to somebody new, you know, and I never thought of it like that. I, I pretty much condemned, you know, the whole cover tune thing and all that. And I played in cover bands and all that myself. But moving forward, you know, I really, really have to apologize to a lot of the folks that I, I had mentioned that to and some of the statements that I had made. Um, I think it's just uh, amazing to really come to the conclusion that if it wasn't for a lot of these cover bands out there, some of our younger generation wouldn't have been influenced, you know, by some of this music. You have Kiss tribute bands. Of course, you have Journey tribute bands. Um, and Beatle tribute bands, and um, I really didn't respect it that much. It was like, wow, you know, how hard is it to go out there and just copy somebody else? But you know what? If you do it right, you're representing the original music, and you're passing it on to some new folks or people that just love to want to hear it. Now, on the other side of all this, with the live music and everything, me wanting to get back into it, uh, I also heard a comment on the Beatles station by John Lennon and mentioning um, he really didn't appreciate live music that much or he didn't attend concert, uh, concerts, I believe he was mentioning in a comment, because it just took away from the original recordings. You know, the, the original recordings are always going to be your best. And going out there live is amazing, performing and all that, but you always... You know, you always have some little glitch here and there. And going back to the Kiss album, it's obvious. They had to re-record almost everything except for the drum parts. You know, so John's statement stuck with me too. So this is going out to all my guys and girls out there and ladies and gentlemen that perform in cover bands. I respect you and love it. And I'm going to come out and see you when I can. You know, and on the other hand, I do really appreciate what John Lennon said, too, because, you know, sometimes you can be disappointed. But right now, folks, with everything going on, try to get as much as a little bit of everything that you can. Um, again, I'm going to start heading out there to play um, next week. And I know I've been ranting and raving on this uh, episode, but I'm uh, kind of in the middle of, uh, you know, some more changes in life like all of us. And I'm excited to move forward. And uh, it still is a struggle being alone. Um, you know, I've reconnected with a lot of people, but there's still this emptiness there, you know. And um, I don't even think it's anything I've created anymore. You know, I blame myself for it a lot of the times, but, you know, you can only reach out to so many people. You can only tell so many people, hey, I've got a show. I'd love you to listen. Or, hey, I'm going to play, you know. The bottom line is, if you're going to want to support myself or those people that, you know, do these things, you know, perform and, uh, you know, do sports and all that kind of stuff, it's up to you. Bottom line you know, I'm not going to blame myself anymore. I'm going to go out and try to play some music and use my talents and, and share as much as I can with everybody, you know, and it'll be your choice. And I wonder how many times I say, you know, 
<laughs> Boy, I am really all over the place with this episode. Anyway, folks, uh, next episode, um, I'm going to bring you a little history about the Cajon. I'm going to talk to you about some of my favorite players and maybe share a little bit of my music uh, on that. You might have heard some of the stuff already, but I'm going to play a few of the tunes that uh, I recorded on Cajon and maybe some other friends' music that I did. So I'm going to get back into that and uh, really, really excited about that with the weather change coming now and boy i hope our winter's over we had it rough last week but thanks for listening to my ranting and raving and my stumbling today kiss alive again 1975 i remember getting the album i still have the original here with the casablanca um, record label and uh really really uh love this stuff um and uh again moving forward folks Always have a little hope, have a little faith, and a lot of love for yourself and everything you do and everyone around you.